what if I have clients telling me that they love the photos and I even had a spoke to somebody who's wearing a shot the other day and they said you should be raising your prices. What if you have people encouraging you to do it? But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, but I don't think I'm good enough to raise my prices. I don't think I'm good enough to charge an extra five, six hundred pounds. Welcome, you're listening to Working Out, a podcast discussing the journey towards doing what you love. On the show, we'll be discussing our own experiences in creating our passion-based business. It's about the expedition, the here and now, the daily challenges and achievements towards getting paid for your passion. Hello, Paddy. How are you? I'm good. I got up early and I went out a wee run this morning, so all of the endorphins are, are flowing. Or if endorphins flow, I don't know. Great How stuff. are you? I'm good. Yeah. Grand. Great. Good week. Um, yeah, it's been a great week so far. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. I've been uh, working more on on my own stuff and a uh, wee bit of client work here and there, but um, no, no, it's been good. Working on your own stuff while watching the football. While watching the football, yeah. It's, it's, uh, but it's good. I found because the matches are on at six o'clock, it's really, uh, it's a really good way of quitting work for the day and not get, not creep into work and in the evenings and stuff. Like at six o'clock, just put the football on and then put the work away. It's great. Yeah, that's true. So you've kind of got a lot to say about our topic today, don't you? Well, our, our topic today is, uh, yeah, putting your putting a price on your passion. So figuring out, you know, what what should you be charging, and we're going to have a discussion about how much you uh, you think you're worth, and and you know, yeah. So it's kind of different when you're talking about uh, so a passion based business. You know, you're going to get people. You know, how do you charge for doing what you love if it's kind of something in between a hobby and a job but it's kind of difficult and you'll be met with you know but you love doing it you know why are you why are you charging me for it but as the joker in batman says uh if you're good at something never do it for free so oh, really mm-hmm. um and yeah so maybe if we like start by talking about your so your photography photography business then that's quite a good good place to start maybe what about what, what's your thoughts on on pricing for your um, passion well i'm personally not very happy with my prices right now um i have three packages and you know the cheapest package kind of covers the bare minimum of the day the um the ceremony itself and, and some formal portraits and then the pack and and that starts at 650 but it works its way up to my most expensive package covering the full day from the bride getting ready through to the party itself is a thousand pounds and um i think that 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 should actually be my mid-level package but it's difficult i've been doing it now for is this my third year doing weddings three years and I've been raising my prices by a couple of hundred pounds every year. Mm-hmm. But this is the first year where actually I'm very busy and I've come to learn how valuable my time is. My time is really valuable mm-hmm. to me. And I feel that I'm undercharging with these packages. Um, but the the big 
the, the reason that I haven't yet put my prices up is because, and I think this is something a lot of people tend to do when they're thinking about their prices, I've been looking at the competition, you know, mm-hmm. local photographers. What are they doing? What are their prices? How good are they in comparison to me? Which is also a very difficult thing to... <laughs> that's That in itself is a very difficult um, question to address. You know, are they better than me? Because it's quite difficult to look at your own work and know whether you're good or not or yeah. maybe that's just me um but yeah the the issue i have is that i'd quite like to raise my prices very soon and have my top level package being maybe 12 or 1300 pounds right but if i look at my competition and i look that there are photographers charging that for their package um and they're offering these crazy extras on top of that. So if you booked me for £1,300, you would get me to turn up and cover your whole day and you would get the high-res photos on a a custom USB stick. Mm -hmm. Um, But these people are adding extras into that package. So there's one guy who, I kid you not, offers a drone service. (laughs) A drone that flies into the air. And captures aerial photos of your wedding. Like, that's nuts. (laughs) Then there's another guy who, for that price, also provides you with a 10-minute video of your day, like a 10-minute movie of your day. Mm -hmm. And that, um, to be honest, that doesn't really sit well with me because you're so focused on on freeze-framing everything you're thinking as a photographer. I can't even imagine then removing myself from photographer frame of mind and also thinking as a videographer i think that he's doing himself a disservice but clients are going to look at that if they were looking at us three and they Mm -hmm. could say well for this price this girl she doesn't give us any extras but here we get a a flying robot that Mm -hmm. photographs our wedding or this guy gives us a video so this is what i'm having trouble with i do think i'm undercharging i do want to raise my prices but i'm looking at my competition and seeing that for the prices that they're charging they're adding a lot of extra value to the package what do you can you give me any advice with that well so the idea of packaging uh, of packages is that is that something that's really common in wedding photographers does everybody have three prices of stuff is that a kind of what uh, not not necessarily three prices um but what made but, you what made you decide on these uh on these three packages and three prices what what it must have been what you looking at at the competition yeah at the again yeah you, packages are quite a common thing and mm. now that i'm sitting speaking about it and that's what's so great about this podcast that is a bit of a you know we're learning about ourselves um maybe packages aren't the best way i'm just having a realization here an epiphany i want to attract clients who have bespoke weddings i should have bespoke pricing then Mm -hmm. shouldn't i yeah definitely i don't think i mean with something like uh like for uh like photographing a wedding especially if you're wanting something a bit more kind of unusual to have those fixed prices seems a wee bit kind of strange to me, like like every wedding is going to be exactly the same. I mean, there's, you know, you can, it's good to put in there, you know, what they're going to get out of it. Some of the things like the, the yeah, having drone photos and stuff, that seems like a little bit of a kind of gimmick to me. Um, and some people, I guess, you know, will, yeah, maybe they'll appreciate that and they'll go, if, if they're lining you up with the competition and seeing, okay, they offer, they offer five things and, and Ashley only offers four things. Uh, let's go for the five things. 
uh, yeah, I mean, you have to think about what kind of clients you really want. And if it is something like bespoke weddings, maybe you need to tackle it in a different way. And, and rather than saying, uh, okay, my weddings are grand, end of story. Uh, and then, you know, this is what you get in them. Maybe it should be more of a, you know, chatting with the bride and groom about what exactly they want and then coming to a, uh, to a price after that. Yeah, and I'm 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 contradicting myself too because with weddings I'm saying that I'm afraid to raise my prices because the competition offer more for the same prices. But um, also I've I do other types of photography too, and I've done a few family shoots in my time, um, and I've looked at I've seen local photographers charge pennies for family shoots. They're like saying you know, you, you'll get an entire shoot for £50 and mm -hmm. we'll give you a free print as well. And I charge double that just for an hour and they don't get free anything. They don't get a free print at all. Mm -hmm. Yet I have no problem getting those bookings. And all it took was because I got this one client through the door who wanted a family shoot mm -hmm. and I did a good job and their friend saw it and their friend wanted the family shoot. And I did a good job and then their friends saw that family shoot and there's been a bit of a snowball effect from that. So even though I'm more expensive, a lot more expensive and you're not getting a free print, I'm still getting bookings. So I'm not sure why I can't just apply that fearlessness to my wedding prices. Mm. Well, there is um, a lot of, I mean, pricing in general is a tricky subject, especially in the creative industry and when you're thinking about, you know, designers and, you know, web designers, uh, uh, that sort of thing, it's people have a, a hard time talking about, um, you know, they're kind of embarrassed about discussing price with a client and discussing it out loud. There's just a lot of, uh, self doubt out there about it. And it's kind of, it's kind of strange. I mean, a lot of designers have low, they have low self-confidence in, you know, what they're worth, like what their, what their value is and, and they're, you know, yeah, looking at other people and saying, well, they're better than me and they're not charging as much. So I should lower my price. I think you need to, you really need, you can't focus too much on the, on the competition. I mean, if you're, there's always going to be people who are going to be charging a lot cheaper than you and a lot of people uh, charging more than you, you're always going to be, you know, somewhere in the middle. But if you're still getting bookings at your price, then, you know, what's the, what's the issue? Would you rather have more, more bookings, but, uh, uh, you know, not make as much off each one. I mean, you, from your, your particular passion, the photography thing, I mean, you don't want to be just taking photos every day. So maybe you should be going for the higher priced, uh, but you know, you do one every so often and you get do the more exciting bespoke kind of stuff. Okay. But this is another thing about, and I think it's something a lot of people feel about raising their prices. If you're raising your price, well, what if you don't feel good enough to raise your price? Like, what if I, what if I have clients telling me that they love the photos and I even had a, spoke to somebody who's wearing a shot the other day and they said, you should be raising your prices. What if you have people encouraging you to do it? But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, but I don't think I'm good enough to raise my prices. I don't think I'm good enough to charge an extra five, 600 pounds. You know, that's, I think that's a common 
thing that we all feel and is that something that you've ever felt when it comes to pricing what if i'm not good enough paddy if you're uh, i mean it's well if we're talking particularly about pricing in when it comes to a passion so a passion that you're trying to turn into a business um so presumably this is something you're really good at right so if you're if you're particularly skilled in this certain industry the client is coming to you specifically for your skills so you have to remember that you know you're an expert in this this field so you should be charging expert prices they're coming to you because you've become known as someone who's great at taking photos or illustration or whatever um there isn't a there most likely isn't a never-ending stream of people with your exact skills so you have to keep that in mind and you can afford to charge more it's it's a bit of a it's kind of what we talked about in uh, episode six about you know turning a passion into a business and you have to really think about if i really want to do this and and you have to t- accept the responsibilities because there's a lot of there are a lot of uh, responsibilities when it comes to so if i'm setting up a passion based business then then i'm the boss you know you have to take about you have to take um everything into consideration and think about every potential cost you're going to have so when your passion is just a when it's just a hobby you can afford to just kind of mess around when it comes to pricing and you're just doing it you have something else that's um that's supplementing your your income um, but if you're wanting to turn it into a real job, then you need to think about everything. So insurance and your pension and what happens when you're sick and you can't work and your hospital bills then or your legal costs or paying potential employees or buying new equipment or what if, you know, your computer dies or uh, you have to think about all of that stuff. And if you're creating your own business, then you don't have anybody else taking care of that so for you. But it's it's hard when it's, um, when you're talking about, you know, a passion based, uh, business, you're, it's hard to imagine all the, it's, you have to think about all the, the real world stuff, uh, the real businessy part of it. So it's, um, it's just something you have to just seriously think about. And it's, it's, um, when it comes to, you know, confidence in your own value, I mean, you're, you're clearly a gifted photographer and you're, uh, you know, people have been paying you for, for your stuff. So you need to, you know, realize that you've, you've got a lot of value and, and you should charge for it. Well, we're both in really competitive industries, right? Mm-hmm. And you've actually, which surprised me, I think you mentioned this in one of the episodes, you've actually only been freelancing for what was it, two and a half years? Yeah, about just over two years now, yeah. That's crazy, but um, where are you in regards to kind of pricing? Are you quite comfortable with your your day rate? Is that how you you quote projects? With um, the day rate? So when it comes to when it comes to projects, I sit down with the client and uh, I chat about you know what what everything what we're going to do in the project and um, discuss their their goals for the project and what they're trying to get out of it and. Um, I have a you know a daily rate that I use, but I usually make a an estimation of of the total project. So what I think it's going to cost for uh, for the the total project, but I have you know a daily rate set out from the start that if we decide to change the scope of the project down the line or add new features and that sort of stuff, then that's the price that it's going to be to add you know um, 
a few days extra work, but I look at everything they, they want in the project at the beginning and uh, I make an estimation and then, uh, you know, I stick to it. And yeah, that's, I mean, I've been working, I've been working as a freelancer for a couple of years, but I've been working in the industry for a lot longer than that. So I have also experience with when it comes to knowing, you know, how long is something going to take? And, and I also have built in, you know, what do I need to, to live on and I've done some stuff before and, um, you know, if, if it's a particular, uh, if it's something that I, I know I can, I can do really quickly. I mean, that affects the price and. Oh, but it never is as quick as you think it's going to be. No, no, no. But that, that's all experience as well. I mean, the, in every estimation I make, there's always a certain percentage of time given to, you know, what if things go wrong and, uh, what if, you know, there's a complete disaster in the project and it's really not what the client uh, once, I mean, all that stuff has to be built into, um, built into the project estimation as well. It sounds to me like you've got your pricing quite figured out because you're doing value based pricing, which I just found out about. I was listening to uh, Brennan Dunn who talks about value based pricing. I think he has a book out called How to Double Your Freelancing Rate or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's um, instead of kind of commodity pricing which is what i'm doing where i'm looking at the industry and i'm pricing my package based on the industry you're actually speaking to clients on an individual basis or like a project basis and and thinking about what you can bring to the table value wise and what you should charge for that project instead of oh well the going rate this would take about a day so the going rate is x amount which is what i'm doing so you sound like you've got it figured out well i mean it is different we're in different industries i mean uh, every every project I take on is a bespoke project. Now every uh, website is the same or illustration or iPhone app. I mean, everything has so many factors. Whereas something like shooting a wedding, I can imagine that there's a certain kind of formula and you can sort of fit it into packages and, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, it, you you probably have now got quite a good... Uh, process for shooting a wedding and um, so that's how you're kind of able to to fit it into a package and say I know how long this will take and how much the how long the editing will be and that sort of stuff so they're kind of different but um, yeah I've uh, I've now uh, gotten to a position where I'm really uh, comfortable with uh, you know knowing my price and and judging how long projects will take and and Surely also, you still get it wrong, though. Um, with, with with regards to what, like making an estimation, and then that's it's not enough. Do you have something in your contract then that says if you do go over X amount of hours, there will be a further charge? Yeah, well, that's in in the so in the the estimation of a project. I have there's a certain part I have in my mind of of okay, this is if you know. Uh, you know, stuff goes wrong, but there's also uh, a number of iterations, like design iterations, built into that uh, as well. So the client knows upfront. You know, it's not going to be a endless period of of iterating on uh, on a certain thing. I mean, at a certain point, uh, we have to to say, okay, we're going to have up to you know three iterations on this particular part of the project, and then after that, we're going to have to um, you know, re reevaluate the project if we're still at that stage or, you know, that's what the daily rate is about. Then if we're going to, if you want to continue on this, then it's going to be at this rate per day. And, 
Um, so, I mean, all of that stuff builds it in. Um, if you build that, build that sort of stuff into your, into your contract when you're setting it out and the estimation, then that helps avoid situations where you, you know, uh, you blow all your money. Um, but it's also a lot about good communication from, from the start of the project and just, you know, talking, okay, this is where we're at, you know, every, every week or, or every kind of milestone you're saying, okay, this is kind of where we're at with the, with the budget There's how much time we've spent on it and all that sort of stuff helps avoid, you know, going over budget. I feel like I learned so much from speaking to you, Paddy, but I have a question about when you started out a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, were you, are you pricing the same as you were then or have you increased your rates? Have you tweaked things? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I've increased my rates uh, a lot since, uh, since I first started out. I mean, at the start, it is kind of difficult to figure out. I mean, there's, you can, there's a really good, um, freelance rates calculator by Cole Henley. I'm sure you've seen that. The, um, we can put a link in the show notes and uh, you can, you know, say where you are and um, uh, what t- skills you have and all of that sort of stuff. And it kind of gives you an average. It's based on a survey of a lot of different designers and it gives you an average of what you should be charging. But I mean, that sort of stuff really just uses a kind of guideline, but a certain, at a certain point you have to pick a, you have to pick a price and, you know, stick to it. And, and that's what I did. And then just with, with more and more, um, uh, with getting more and more projects and working on things, you know, I gradually, you know, increased my price and, um, and you, you can see, um, you can definitely see what people are willing to pay for your, um, for your value, for your, for your skills. So you can, um, I've continually and always, I'm, you know, changing my price and, uh, increasing it and, uh, depending on, you know, I'm a lot more skilled in some stuff now than I was two years ago. So I, I can afford to increase my, my price a bit because I've, you know, done certain projects and, um, gained new, uh, new skills. So, I, but I'm always, uh, I don't wait until, you know, the end of the year or anything to increase my prices. I just, you know, when a new project is coming in, uh, you know, after each project I can, um, I think about my price and um, sometimes adjust it depending on what I've learned and what I've picked up and new skills. I have a really embarrassing story that I just remembered. Okay. Um, well, it's not it's not too embarrassing. It's just typical. Like I've told you before that I kind of got into photography accidentally. It was really sprung upon me. I and I remember getting this phone call one day from this. Um, Somebody who followed me on Twitter and they were doing, they were a web designer doing some work for a, a kind of fashion designer, a fashion company. So they asked what my price was and I had never had to price a job like this before to think about it at an hourly rate. Mm-hmm. It's so embarrassing what I, what I um, quoted them. So I, I'm really embarrassed to say this, <laughs> but I was like, okay, I'll go and do this two hour shoot and I'll just ask for 20 pounds an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So I started doing this work for this guy and he became a, a regular customer. And I was 20 pounds an hour. Okay, that's nothing. I'm shooting with three grand of equipment. Mm-hmm. I, I have 
you know, my photography business insurance, um, pay my tax, all of this stuff, you know, fuel to get there and all of this. And this guy was also one of those people who loves meetings, Mm -hmm. you know, like he has meetings about meetings and he would always be horribly late as well. So I would turn up to the meeting, which I wasn't quoting, I wasn't getting paid for. He'd be 45 minutes late. Then we'd have an hour meeting on top of that. And when you actually look at it, I was probably earning, uh, when you break it down, I was probably earning a ridiculously small amount of money and it just wasn't worth it. And the, the only reason that I got to the point where I knew how to price myself was because I then got booked for another job a lot later down the line with a professional photographer and I overheard what his rate was. Mm-hmm. So I just said that that was my rate too. And it's stuck ever since then. But to go from, like, and it's, and I, I'm sure it's, it is difficult because people don't talk about pricing. They don't publish their rates on, yeah. people generally don't publish their rates. So it can be really difficult to know where to start. And for me, I kind of had this job sprung on me and just picked a figure out of thin air. And it was, it's shockingly low. Like, I, I, can't believe I valued my time that little and valued my service that little 20 pounds an hour and how long ago was the how long ago was the moment when you um when you find out what the other professional photographer was was charging and you changed your price how long ago that was almost a year to the day okay and have you changed your price since then no I haven't so you haven't you're kind of kind of saying that you in the last year you haven't you know increased your skill set or become become more you know become better at um yeah, if you're I guess that, that's if you're still lies. charging what you charged a year ago you i mean surely you've you've increased your uh your skills and maybe bought new equipment and uh, and everything in a year so i mean you should you should be you should be matching the you know uh, what you charge, you know, with, you know, what you, what your value is. Well, that was one of my questions. Like at what rate should you be increasing your price? Is it every year or is it after X amount of jobs? How do you know when to raise your prices? It's a, it's a thing that I'm constantly reevaluating. So it's re- really after every project, I kind of, uh, I think about, you know, what did I learn from, from this project and, and did I pick up any new skills or, um, you know, am I, since the beginning of this project, so a, a project of say, you know, two months, um, now am I in a stronger position than when I started the job? I mean, hopefully I am. I like, hopefully I've picked up something new or become quicker at a certain thing or, so then I can afford to, I can afford to charge it and, um, to charge for it. And that's, that's how I learned at the start. And I, uh, I had a, price that I, that I put out there and people were accepting it. And then, you know, I, I gained experience and new skills. And then I, uh, the next project, I increased the price and, um, and, you know, I'm always reevaluating, you know, what I'm charging. And, um, I don't think it's a thing you have to wait. Um, you wait till the end of the year before you think about your pricing. I mean, it's not, um, you're a professional and you have certain skills and, um, whenever, people are hiring you they're hiring you know specifically you and your set of skills so you need to reevaluate your your own prices and not not base it on you know so much of what what other people are doing but it's what have you learned in the last year and what um what new skills have you picked up that you can afford to okay look i've 
I'm in a stronger position now than I was a year ago. So I need to, um, I need to increase my price to, um, to match that. Okay. But I think a lot of people who are listening will be thinking, okay, great. I'll reevaluate my, my pricing. I'll even increase my prices. But a lot of people will be wondering or scared of raising their prices and potentially deterring a lot of clients, um, existing clients, and also from, from raising their prices and finding that the inquiries are still coming in, but they're not converting to, to paying customers. Don't you think that's quite a real worry? Well, I think you need to be at a position, if you're at the position where whatever you say your price is, um, people are saying yes and not questioning it at all or not discussing it, then you're, you're priced way too low. So I think you definitely need to be sitting at a position where there are a certain number of uh, of people saying that's out of my price range. And that's, uh, you also have to think about what kind of clients you want. I mean, do you want, uh, do you want less, uh, less projects and less, uh, less clients saying yes, but you've got a higher, um, a higher quality of project or do you want, you know, do you just want a continuous stream of lower priced projects? So, um, it's, it's also, um, yeah, it's, it's just a kind of discovery thing about finding your sweet spot and seeing, okay, this is a price that, that covers all of my, my costs and I can live comfortably and, and I've got a little bit aside for emergencies and insurance and all of that, all of that stuff. Um, and I'm still getting, I'm still getting work from it. I mean, you have to just kind of discover that that's that sweet spot and it's, uh, it's, if you're, if you have a passion based business and it's all about, it's all about you and your particular skills. I mean, that's something then only you can answer and there is no set price for, uh, for everybody. And it, it depends on the number of factors, you know, like, uh, you have to take everything into consideration, like what part of the world you live in. And, uh, if you have, you know, kids to support, or if you're paying off your student loans and, and all of that sort of stuff, I mean, everybody's situation is different. So it's really a personal thing, you know, what, what your, uh, what your price is. Does this mean that clients, um, cause you said something just at the beginning there, but if clients aren't questioning, you know, if they're all just saying yeah, that, that, that price suits, then you're too cheap. Does this mean that you have clients who barter with you on your price? Well, yeah, I've had, uh, I mean the client when they're coming to you usually has a, usually has a budget in mind. Um, and they, uh, that can often be part of the discussion at the beginning of the project, but I look at the project and, uh, evaluate everything and look at the client's goals and, and my, if I've done stuff in this project before, or if it's something I'm going to have to kind of learn, um, I build all of that in and then I make a pro, uh, an estimation of everything in the, in the scope of the project. And, uh, I stick with that as if this is all of the stuff you want and these are your goals, then this is how much it's going to cost. Um, and if they say, you know, I want to, are you up for negotiating? And I'll say, yes, but, um, I won't negotiate on the, on the price, but I'll negotiate on the scope. So if you want to, if, you know, uh, my, their budget is, is X, then I'll say, well, in the scope, you know, we could do this amount for, for X, but the, if you want everything in it, it's going to be, it's going to be this price. So, um, I mean, that's, that's where I would negotiate on, um, but not in your price. I mean, once you, once you say, okay, if they say, 
uh, yeah, can you give me a better price and lower your price? Okay, I'm still going to do the the same amount of work, but um, I'll take you know 20% off it uh, just because they asked. Um, uh, so once you lower your price, I mean you're on the back foot then. I mean very very rarely is is that price ever going to go back up again? I mean if you if you let yourself be taken advantage of with regards to with regards to price, I mean the the bigger picture thing is you're not just damaging you know your position as a freelancer with them on that project. I mean you're saying that um, you're you're not just saying that you know I can lower my price when I'm put under pressure, but you're contributing to the the bigger idea that people in the creative industry can be taken advantage of. I mean the clients won't change their their perception regarding the creative industries um like they won't change their perception that we have the right to be paid fairly if designers are continually continually you know devaluing their work and just saying yeah okay i'll work for for a lower rate i mean it's do you do you negotiate when it comes to when it comes to weddings when you so you at the moment you say i have a set price for this certain package um do you have you yeah, know. people people will come. Like I've had one customer come to me and say, "Oh, that's fifty pounds more expensive than we had in mind." Yeah, fifty pounds, and I won't negotiate at that point. I'll say, "Okay, well, if you find that you can come up with that fifty pounds in the next twelve months, then you know where I am." And um, because you know, a lot of um, photography work is is word of mouth. So if I start booking, if I start doing jobs for special prices then it's very easy for them to recommend me to a friend and say she charged us this and then they expect that special price too that discount so I'm quite strict with my prices but I thought that was just because again photography isn't a full-time job for me so I still have my um, other income coming in and kind of protecting me I'd imagine that a lot of people who depend on their passion based business as a full-time endeavor do find themselves um you know giving into okay we'll give it to them for cheaper because i really need the work right now which mm-hmm. is which is a, is, is a shame but no I, I don't go down that road i'm quite strict i have given one of the things that i do regret if i'm perfectly honest is that i have given friends big discounts in the past and um i've learned the hard way that i can't afford to do that because i can book a a friend's wedding and give them a great price and then i get an inquiry for that same date for somebody who would be paying more than double you know Mm -hmm. what i've Mm -hmm. I've charged them and i just kick myself because i'm like what were you thinking you need you need that money you know you can't afford to be doing it for that price in the first place and you know so i've learned that the hard way Mm -hmm. um no i am quite strict with my prices but in the past i have been very lenient with friends yeah um have have, have you like i know that we've worked together Mm -hmm. um but do you do you do you give special do you give discounts to friends well that's something that i've done in the past but um after listening to so the the Sean West podcast, really really good podcast. Um, they have a couple of episodes on on pricing, like value based pricing, and there's also one about uh, his two prices, so full price and free. So uh, he doesn't he doesn't do mates rates, um, but if he's doing something 
for a friend. I mean, he'll do it for free. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link in the show notes. A really good episode um, to talk about that. But uh, after listening to that, um, uh, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely moving away from the kind of the mates rates um, uh, kind of idea. And and it's really interesting the whole you know full price and free. I've definitely become a lot stricter. Um, uh, with my with my pricing over the years and and uh, you know sticking to things and not negotiating on price, but it's um yeah it's kind of yeah you find yourself in yeah in a situation like like you said you're you're giving up a full day of stuff for you know a half of the half of the price you you should be getting and you know maybe there's another way to to work out something I mean where. Uh, you give away, okay, look, I'll take your photos for free um, and give you everything for free. But I mean, there's um, a certain, it, there's a different way they can pay you back, which is at your at your full, full value. So rather than saying, I'm going to do this for for 50%, so I'm only valuing my stuff, my, my skills here at 50% for you. Maybe you can, you give it to, give it to them for free, but I'm valuing myself at this price. And then there's there's maybe some some other way you know whatever their skills are there's some other way you can uh, you can work out um, work out something with mates but yeah it's you can't uh, it's also yeah you can't blame the clients for trying to trying to you know ask for for a discount and stuff I mean they're just trying to get the best price and when it's something like you know wedding photographers. I imagine that is quite difficult where they, they look at, you know, 20 different photographers and they're, they're just kind of, you know, trying to get the best price. But I think you need to be really, you need to be really uh, strict with, I know, okay, this is the, this is my minimum price. This is the price that I'm setting that's going to cover my costs and the fuel to get there and equipment and, and everything. And, uh, and you need to stick to it. And it's all about, you know, being in control, like being the professional. So you're a professional photographer. So you need to establish that, okay, I'm going to have the confidence. I'm going to say to the client, you know, this is what it's going to cost. And uh, here's what you're going to get out of me. Here's why it costs so much. I mean, it's not the client's job to know how much a website is going to be or how much, you know, uh, an iPhone app is going to be because you're the, the expert on it. So if you explain to them, you know, with confidence that, you know, why your price is justified. Um, that'll then give them confidence in you. If you're coming up to the, you know, at the start of the project now you're going, mm, well, yeah, I suppose I could knock like, you know, 20% off it and, and that sort of stuff. I mean, that doesn't instill any confidence in them uh, with regards to your position as a, as a professional, you know? Mm. And and it's also worth saying that it doesn't matter what you charge. Sometimes you will lose a job to the nephew who has a copy of Dreamweaver and can build websites <laughs> for free, or the aunt who's just bought a DSLR and can and can shoot the wedding for mm -hmm. free. I, I've lost some jobs to those, by the way, and man, that stings. Um, but I mean, does it does it really sting in the long run? Because yeah, you you most likely didn't want that client. Um, I mean, it's kind of. If you have people negotiate, like it's fine if clients are saying, well, yeah, that's kind of out of my budget. I mean, what could we do for, uh, for two grand or whatever, rather than three grand? I mean, then you can negotiate on, on scope, but if they're continually, you know, pushing you and saying, and, you know, really all of the discussions at the start of the project are around price and they're really trying to squeeze you. I mean, that's, 
it's a bit of a red flag. You don't really want to work with those people if they're not they're not valuing your work. They're only concerned about um, about getting the lowest price. I mean, then yeah, let those people go and get their nephew to shoot a wedding or build them a website or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but earlier I mentioned um, Brennan Dunn, I've, who who kind of talks about value-based pricing a lot. I've just subscribed to his newsletter a few days ago, and this quote caught my eye. I'm, I'm going to read it out, Paddy, okay? Okay. So he says, you've researched what the market rate is for the kind of work you do and settled on a rate that's similar to what everyone else is charging. You know what else is subject to market rates? Commodities, oil, corn, livestock. Are you offering an off-the-shelf commodity or are you better than that? Well, Brennan, I'm better than that and I'm a way to raise my prices. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at Working Out Show or you can send us an email, info at workingoutpodcast.com. Bye.